Are we, are we, we're not recording right now, are we? I mean, we are, but it's oh, okay. cropped if we so desire. I mean, it's not exactly too okay. fucking cold up front. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know me, I need like a little pod foreplay before <laughs> we just dive right in. <laughs> Look, uh, gonna hit the pod clit a bit. And, uh, little pod ass play? Yes, we're good. <laughs> Did you, um, okay, well, do you want to, do you want to just start? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, need very little foreplay. I just was, wanted yeah. to know if you cared enough to try. <laughs> that was not extensive, <laughs> and it was all narrated. We just, could just leave all this in. <laughs> uh, we should. We are. There's no better. It's already than this. in. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's in, and we're done. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I tried. Now. <laughs> Back to our daily married lives. Uh, cool. Well, so how uh, was um? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. It's just the hey, what's up? Uh, we <laughs> we have to do intros. That's been screamed into <laughs> my cerebellum at this point. It's Papa's basement. I'm the host, John Papa Giorgio, my co-host here, and for a long time until I am not giving her enough foreplay is is <laughs> Molly Heckerling. Hello, I'm huh? the Ed McMahon. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Johnny yeah. routinely give Ed foreplay, and that's how they stay together. <laughs> you can't have Ed going into the show dry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was more of a Tim Allen laugh. I'm ready to admit that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the 23rd Christmas Eve Eve, mm. uh, an equally important holiday. Yes. And yeah, we've we've got some... I guess, what, Christmas shit to talk about, and uh, Omicron is currently ravaging New York, and uh, D.C. is not far behind, and I, <laughs> I love, I mean, ravaging just makes it sound like such a, a sexual thing in D.C. not being far behind. I don't know why I'm in this realm today. I am so sorry. It's okay, um, yeah. You've, you've been sitting on the washing machine for an hour. <laughs> How else do you spend Christmas Eve, Eve? I don't, yeah. If you're Jewish, you eat uh, you eat Chinese food and sit on various vibrating objects, be they yeah. outboard get motors a... or motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> Electric generators. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, besides that, you just get a jump on the holiday anxiety, I guess. Yeah. Uh, are you, what are you guys up to? So you are, I am back home again. I feel okay. like I, paradise has been lost. Uh-huh. I am now out of my friend's amazing pad right outside DC and back in my childhood room, which is <laughs> somehow smaller when you've <laughs> lived an actual life and realized what you want and been forced it- back into it. Isn't it funny how that works where it's like you you leave and then you come back and you feel like a giant. Like and the furniture is all the same size. It's not even like little kid furniture and somehow like the ceilings feel lower. I yeah, I I don't know if this is also part of the the Jerry Seinfeld bit, but like I do feel I can like end to end with my arms spread. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. touch the walls. Right. It's it's yeah, it's bad. It's not good. I've come to enjoy peace and quiet a lot. And, yeah. You mean you didn't miss your, like, childhood Claudia Schiffer posters? Or <laughs> uh, your... <laughs> look, it was Linda Evangelista on a Ferrari. Get it straight. And then there was a, an F-17 combat plane that I apparently jerked off to as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, something about the thrusters, maybe? Yeah. No, I love it that I've been able to reframe this as, like, before this moment, I was out of the house. Like, mm-hmm. uh, a certain someone that I do improv with, who might have been the crux of a prior episode mm-hmm. that you and I did, connect right. those dots. Uh, she was just like, oh, you're... So you're back for the moment. So that'll inspire you to move out. And I'm like, yep, this is the first time I've been back. It wasn't the (laughs) state of things for the majority of the past 12 years. Nope, this is week one of tail between my legs-ishness, and I'll be right back out of here. Yeah. Yeah, you can turn this around in a flash. Exactly. I'm sure. The the aberration is this. Not the month I spent out of the house. It was this. The coming back. 
Uh, It's also kind of a bitchy thing to say, though, because it's like, ah, yes, it's only through sheer lack of motivation that I've been in this situation. Um, (laughs) You know, not just an economic disaster that hit our entire generation, followed by a worldwide pandemic. Um, Yeah, this is this is why your dude's a a lucky dude, Molly, because that is all very true. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, in my case, I just have spent the majority of the last decade plus hoarding and really a lot of it has been okay this weird come no she's right to call me just a lazy piece of shit in this one situation okay she just knows you better yeah she does you'll you'll come you'll you'll get there in time but (laughs) you'll you'll come to know but yeah i i mean in the span of like a week i was looking to rent in my friend's building and then it was just like you know what I have a ton of money socked away because I'm a poor person's idea of a rich person, you know, like just someone who works a lot and puts all the money into like a little shoebox under their bed right? and does nothing investment wise. And it's like, this is one thing I can do with that. Like I can put money down and I can be my own asshole landlord in a condo, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think I do want to go that route. So do that. I think I will. You know, I'm also not the right person to talk to about this shit because I do live in my mother's house and I'm a lazy piece of shit who has spent like the past 10 years hoarding and building puppets and being a loser. So, yeah, but um, to be fair, you live in Brooklyn. Like your mom's house is like. I don't live in Brooklyn. You're not in Brooklyn? No. Where are you guys? I'm on the Upper West Side. Oh, God. Like total more expensive. Yeah. so that how like you can't just like grab something nearby at all like that would require generational wealth um yeah yeah like i mean there's there's a reason i don't really debate new york like we've been over this because you and i we would talk every so often and i'd be like oh my god this is it new york's happening and then like ucb died Mm-hmm. And suddenly I was like, uh, I'm not doing stand up right now and I'm going to New York to live in a shitbox. Why exactly? And... Right. Yeah. Um, I'm a total piece of shit um, mm-hmm. with tons of privilege. So mm-hmm. let's just get that out of the way right now. I'm very sorry. It's um, actually how you need to introduce yourself every episode. Here you know, I feel out. like I should put that in my bio. Like child yeah. of privilege, total piece of shit. Piece of very shit. sorry. <laughs> um, lives in Juville. But um that's the thing about New York City is like unless you come from generational wealth or somehow luck I mean I, I don't or have like, you know, roommates and stuff, which is fine, but you're still like, yeah, you're paying a shit ton of money to live in a shoebox. Yeah. Um and you know, I'm here because my mom bought this building ages ago for the express purpose of the entire family being here because she wanted to, like, recreate the way she grew up in the Lower East Side with all the families being in one building and shit. And mm-hmm. now that we're basically going through, like, the our, our generation's version of the Great Depression, it feels very apropos. Um, but, like... Otherwise, New York is kind of a prison economically where like you are confined to these really small spaces that are at like, you know, astronomically expensive and you, you know, sort of get stuck in these jobs that have a definite shelf life, but like earn you enough money at the time. I don't know. It's weird. It's very much like the my dinner with Andre thing where it's like, you know, the prisoners of the concentration camp who built the camp and take pride in that in mm-hmm. a weird way this is now i'm I've pivoted off of sex stuff and turned this into a depressing um economics lecture look you should totally shitty move out play in the holocaust okay that's what people shitty came for and the holocaust is all i know i know i guess um, yeah the, the foreplay in the holocaust must have been real brief right like there wasn't any extended I mean, you'd think that after all that forced labor, you're just tired. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, look, just give me two pumps, get it over with. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to be like back at home after you're out and it's frustrating. And um... it's it's the first time I've been out in because I don't go into that story enough, I think on air like what brought me back because i guess the i will give you you know what you'll get a chunk of my life story molly i was yeah i was like standard kid you know uh very achievement oriented because i knew that would please my parents my dad was an immigrant 
And mm-hmm. my mom was just like this academic type, also the chilled the child, that's the singular of that word, <laughs> the child of immigrants herself. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, they identified that as pretty smart and I achieved a bunch and they're like, well, keep doing more of it. And I was like, yes, sir, mom and dad, sir. <laughs> and uh, my dad died when I was 20 and I dropped out of college and just took over his one man locksmith show. Mm. And, Cause I was like, you know, uh, hey, mom, should I finish college or do I need to like drop out to take over the job that I think kept us off the streets? And she was just like, because she was in shock for like a year or two. Yeah. Not very useful. Stupid mm-hmm. morning bitch. Okay. <laughs> what a cunt. Yeah, really. What a cunt, Aruski. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, after that, like, my, my arc was kind of normal. Like, I, I eventually finished college. I get, like, a boring-ass job that I do, you know, as my main gig. I do the lock thing on the side. I move out for several years. And then I try to get into radio, of all things, which kind of pays shit, has weird hours. And, like, a friend is like, you should just move home in the meantime. You're going to move away soon enough for a radio gig. You know, fuck it. Save your money. And... Of course, uh, this thing called the internet is invented in 2008 (laughs) Mm -hmm. and does bad things to radio's advertising budget. Mm. And I guess coming back home and not having to pay that rent and worry about money like 24-7, like I just kind of ran with it for a long, because I had been since age 20, like just shitting bullets about money, like fucking money nightmares most days of the week. Like, they had to give me medicine for acid reflux. Like, I think I was ultimately on an asthma inhaler, despite not Mm -hmm. having asthma, because I was having such bad acid reflux, worrying that I'd, like, lose my apartment, my car, et cetera, et cetera. So I think coming back home, I was like, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I had gotten in shape when I moved out and had something of a sex life. I came (laughs) home and immediately, like, pulled the fucking ripcord on the parachute of my paunch. Like, yeah. I think I went from a very muscular 200 to, like, a flabby 240 within, I'm not exaggerating, maybe two years tops. Wow. Like, it yeah. was impressive. Like, I just did not give a shit. And that is kind of, like, how I conducted myself through a lot of my 30s. Most of my 30s. I was just like, fuck it. I don't want to worry about adulthood. Like, I was forced into it too quickly. And I guess we didn't agree. Right, and, and this was the way that I could kind of like not worry about money by just like putting life on hold in general. But I, at a certain point, it's like, no, life is cool. You know, like <laughs> it's more positive than negative, at least. It kind of feels like you were pushed between the two extremes, where it's like you know you assumed the daddy head of the household position far too early, oh, and yeah. like I had to assume all the responsibility to the point where you're like chugging Pepto Bismol. Um, Literally like him. He used to eat Maalox, this weird, like, secondary brand of antacid. He would eat Maalox till he had kidney stones three, four times a year because this shit was pure calcium. And he was just eating them like breath mints. There's just, like, no winning in that situation. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, and then you careen the other way to just, like, needing complete decompression to the point where, like, your insides became your outsides. <laughs> yeah, my I was gaped and my colon fell out. Yeah. Yeah, something. I don't know. And I also feel like um you know, socially you know, you can still look at someone like me and be like, "Oh, what a big loser she lives with her mother." But I also feel like the gender stereotype sort of like you know, work in my favor in that sense where it's like if you're a guy and you live with your parents or in your mother's house and you're of a certain age it's like oh he lives with his mom oh yeah the the funny thing was so i like couldn't conceive of myself as like bangable at all in that situation Mm -hmm. and to be fair i was a tub of guts so i probably (laughs) didn't deserve any but you would be amazed how much you can rock like the mom circuit (laughs) like like okay like moms with kids and they're like oh early teens late whatever you call it pre-teens eight Mm -hmm. ten year olds they're just like oh my god you're home taking care of your mother that's so and like they would be more than up for a quick swing by and nail them now again i didn't because i hated how i looked but but i would enjoy getting sent photos to whack up to in my room alone you just close your eyes and pretend you're someone else (laughs) 
Yeah. What's the problem? You just I'm cuck, the, you just imagination person. cuck yourself and like you get through it. I'm the only person during sex who has to fantasize that I'm different. I mean, that's what us former fat kids have to do, right? Because we can't perceive ourselves as sexy. Oh no! I mean, yeah, I. Like, <laughs> you have to go cuck yourself. I am. I am taking it to <laughs> such extremes in terms of like working out and my grooming and shit. Like I've been posting nonstop on Instagram lately because people are like, oh, you you look really good. I don't even like I can't conceive of that person as me. Like I'm just like, who the fuck is this? He's getting good feedback. You know, like it's so fucking. Look at him, weird. he's smiling. Who does this guy think yeah, he is? Exactly. <laughs> like, who's this bearded piece of crinkle-eyed shit? Like Yeah, I I can't like I see these photos and I'm like, oh yeah, that's not me. That person looks normal. <laughs> like you mm. might actually have something going in life. Um yeah. <sighs> must oh, be so nice. I, I forgot you were you were a lard bag back in the day as well. I was um I wasn't like huge, but I was like I was chubby. Really? I was okay. like I was one of those girls who like I just always had a tummy. Remember the little girl? Um, oh I forget the actress's name, but um, in Little Miss Sunshine, Olive. Yeah, like, she's not fat, but she's got like a little tummy, and she's Is it like Abigail Breslin. Like, Abigail Breslin. Thank oh, you. I know that. <laughs> like, I Major, just landed on a watch list. Yeah, little Abigail Breslin, and yeah. she's just like, oh, maybe she'll be something one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but she's know. a she's such a tubby, unsexy. <laughs> A tubby, freckled, Mr. Nanny t-shirt wearing 10-year-old. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's, you know, uh, the the perception is different, you know, male to female. I think, and also, like, yeah, I mean, the mom circuit makes a lot of sense because it's, like, you know, they have a couple kids. So it's, like, well, if you're going to concede to fuck me with, with me having kids, I'll concede to fuck you living you know it's like it's it's like trading cards but you're yeah. trading your baggage <laughs> yeah i'll trade you my kids and you trade me your mom and your kid yeah. junior and pokachu for a commissard yeah <laughs> yeah um it works i mean again there's someone out there for everybody um you know also like um my mom she owned this place for a long time ever since i was like 13 and then spent a long was time it, renovating i mean it. i know it's um, like, it's crazy unaffordable now but you're saying she acquired it like uh, you're 2000 ish or something no no like okay. 1998 Oh god. Um, so that was and, yeah, <laughs> wait, and... wait, fuck you. <laughs> I said two thousand. And you went, no, no, no. Ninety-eight. <laughs> Entirely different era. Yeah. We're talking about the difference between Everclear and Britney Spears. Um <laughs> I maintain those two years make a huge difference in the acquiring of this property somehow. <laughs> Don't don't you love how the years from your youth you can parse down to the month and then like the music of the last fifteen years might as well have been what came out last week. Like, right. It's so yeah, I mean, yeah, twenty thirteen to right now, like all the same year. But yeah. nineteen ninety eight to two thousand, like a century has gone by. Um so yeah, she uh she's had this place for a while. And then um, I was living on my own for a minute and I was working and doing the thing that you're doing of like stowing money in an envelope and Mm -hmm. setting it aside and paying my rent and working shit jobs that would give me nightmares about fucking up on the job. And um, so then finally, when this building had the certificate of occupancy and my mother wasn't even here, she was in L.A. So Mm -hmm. I was like fuck yes, I'll move in. There's no roaches and I don't have to worry about rent. And yeah, that's fine. Um, and then for a few years, I was um, by myself in this like five-story building, which Holy is kind of yeah. creepy. Um, like uber privileged, but also like a little weird. And also like when you invite people over and you have to be like, I'm not a serial killer, I swear. Like, you know. Um, is that is that the first thought even in New York though? Like, I, I just know. yeah i just feel like i give off serial killer vibes for some reason it's the tummy <laughs> it's the tummy you know i'm so apologetic and it's it's because of the tummy <laughs> and the serial killer this vibes. isn't from human um, flesh i promise <laughs> um 
but then after I got I, when I got pregnant that's when my mom was like no I'm here and my grandma's here and now it's like major great gardens energy I know um, and the funny thing is you don't have to tell me this they do that and you're like you had to visceral be like get the fuck out of my house no no not at all it was <laughs> oh, sort really? of like okay. it's a bittersweet thing because it's like yay I'm not completely alone and then it was like oh fuck like you know yeah how do you feel yourself when you live in your mother's house and your mother's there like it's fucking impossible you know what i mean um and then you almost have to like fuck with defiance where it's like you know back in the teenage days where it's like kind of like the same with the smoking where it's like yeah i'm doing this thing fuck you mom and it's like you're 36 (laughs) fuck your husband and smoke a cigarette (laughs) no one gives a shit (laughs) Oh God! Be as loud as you want. They know you do it. You have two kids. Yeah, <laughs> we're immaculately <laughs> conceived. Yeah. Um, but I do want to leave. I really want to leave, and I could afford to leave. And now it's the added layer of guilt, of like, it's it's the codependency, but also like the mother guilt of like, you'll take the kids, and what I won't have anything to live for. And then my grandma being like, oh well, then I may as well just die. And it's like. <laughs> Oh, so you're trying to tell me you don't want me to leave. <laughs> I, how old is grandma? Because I want to know. She's what... 90. Oh, God, that's a real threat. <laughs> I think at that age, you literally can just like squint real hard and it happens. Well, at first, I was like, maybe I'll just wait until she dies. And then I was like, my great aunt Sarah lived to be 105. Like, these bitches do not die. Oh, my God. Um, my mother's gonna bury me she's going to bury me and then she'll be like well you know she smoked where are you thinking of moving i didn't i didn't know you wanted to escape the the heckerling compound um at first we actually came really close to getting an apartment that was not so far away and um it was income restricted which we qualified for Mm -hmm. but then the co-op board was being really really shady and um and we just we backed out of it because I didn't want to I didn't want to buy and I didn't want to get involved in a whole thing where it was going to be dealing with a co-op that was unresponsive. And you know how it, co-op situations are. And that's See, the that's thing, a, too. That's a it's weird... sort of like, let's compare living at home okay. to being married and <laughs> being out on your own is like being back in the dating pool because it's like you resent the situation that you're stuck in even though it's comfortable and you miss the freedom of the other thing and then once you're back in the other thing you're like oh my god this is shit and these people are shady and i like yeah it's it's like the wild west a little bit it's like you're like oh no i'm back out there and this fucking sucks no Um, i mean it's it's Honestly, it's funny you bring up the dating thing. We can talk about it in a second. I've been plowing through this book called Attached. Mm-hmm. And it's about like the three attachment styles that I guess like they originally figured out for children. But, you know, like there's the anxious attachment, uh, secure attachment, and then avoidant attachment. Mm-hmm. And these two doctors like apply it to dating styles and like your adult relationships and it's fucking mind-blowing but we'll get to that in a second right no let's get to it now oh okay yeah (laughs) shit yeah well Well, i mean what what, i'm sorry what did you want to wrap up no i I just it's it's funny you mentioned the the co-op thing because that isn't so prevalent here like in my in the dc area i think you just refer to it as a condo in essence Mm -hmm. is an apartment you can purchase right that has the condo board Mm mm-hmm and I think that is similar. Most of the check marks, yeah, of a co-op situation. Right. And then apartment is just something you rent, yeah. and they're going to like fuck you in the ass every yes. twelve months and be like, "It's going up twenty percent. Can you afford this?" <laughs> My you friend know? Amanda, yeah, we were just talking about this last night because they're raising her rent, and she was like, "Do I stay? Do I go?" Like, you know, at a certain point, this, you know, the rent hikes are going to affect my quality of life jason had a landlord once who like picked him up by the throat and like slammed him across a wall like people are nuts was this darth vader <laughs> no probably <laughs> just some big armenian guy in brooklyn <laughs> darth so similar but like not really yeah. um but yeah i mean it's nuts out here and and uh and then you know 
you th- again you think of leaving and then it's like well then I, I you know get a car and car insurance payments and is it a wash and you know i don't know um i mean i but- can tell you right now like a newish car is between three and four a month and your insurance is going to be about a hundo a month so eh. i mean depending where you live obviously like that's for me yeah oh but let's get on to the um nice <laughs> traumatizing attachment styles because i'm pretty sure i qualify for all three and have thoroughly fucked my dating life <laughs> consistently <laughs> with these different attachment styles abandonment issue bullshit things it's it's very funny to see yeah because this book's kind of central thesis is that uh, they don't they don't explore it as like a spectrum Mm-hmm. Which my uh, a friend of mine, Claire, who has read it, she was like, I think people kind of, and I read it too. And I'm like, yeah, I see tendencies of a couple things here. But in essence, most of the secure people on earth, and this is going to be very disheartening, mm-hmm. are out of the dating pool sooner than later. Right. Because they meet each other and they're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, this is good. Let's move forward in life. And they right. get married and have kids and that's it. Mm-hmm. And... That leaves the avoidant people who have big time intimacy issues and are, if you've ever heard of someone who's like, oh, I have this like perfect woman and she Mm -hmm. just hasn't come along yet and they need to have qualifiers X, Y, Z, this, and, and they tend to like, uh, romanticize a past X. Mm. They're like, oh, that one was the one that got away. Shit, I fucked up there. But when they were with yeah. that person, they, they were told piece of shit to that person. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that those are real avoidant tendencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, anxious are the people that need like constant reassurance, where it's oh, okay. just like, yeah, hi. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh, uh, I didn't get a text. Like, literally, the episode we recorded last week. Mm-hmm might as well have been 90 minutes of me saying, this is how I'm anxiously attached to the person right. in question. Uh, they yeah. aren't texting me back enough and I want to kill myself. Right, yeah. Um, I'm the same way where it's like, you know, I haven't heard from you. Like, you hate me. Do you hate me? Why do you hate me? Yeah, and the problem is that anxious people can pair up with a secure person fairly decently and they'll mild, they'll mild each other out. Like, the, the secure mm-hmm. person will read the anxious person's clues and it works out in the end. In fact, the bond is, according to the authors, as good as like two secure people paired up. Okay. And same thing with an avoidant person and a secure person. Just a secure person fucking sands off the rough edges. I think these secure people don't exist. Yeah. I think I, you're I, just making, I mean, the, the rest of it sounds okay. but I think there's one up. in Oklahoma and yeah. we all blew our chance with them. There's one in Oklahoma and their obituary is posted yeah. on Google. <laughs> it's old Jebediah Heckerling. <laughs> uh, and the, the problem is the avoidance, uh, despite being something like a quarter of the population, are way overrepresented in the dating pool because guess what? They're getting single all the fucking time. Right. And then the anxious people pair up with them and it's just like, you know, oil and water. Right. Like the anxious person's consistently like, hey, reassure me, reassure me, reassure me. And the avoidance like, yeah. no, I barely want to be in this. And... Right. But it's like, well, then at least have the decency to tell me to fuck off. But I think it flatters their ego to have someone want their reassurance. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, the avoidant is the person who wants to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm leaving. But they secretly want the person to be like, no, come back. We can't do it without you. It's, it's a form of currency. Yeah. and these people aren't shit either that's the thing too it's like it's like the it's like the aloof woman where you're like oh she's so mysterious and aloof and it's like she's probably just boring as fuck (laughs) yeah exactly like this is her trick yeah it's a trick yeah once you open the present i'm not saying it's dog shit inside (laughs) but it's you know like a vhs copy of arthur 2 on the rocks that is dog shit actually (laughs) and uh yeah that it What's so funny with me, though, is like the whole intimacy issues and the way I've set myself up for failure throughout the years. Like I've done enough therapy where I think I've, I've grown more secure, mm. but I am on the surface very anxious. Like no I enjoy the non- yeah, I, know. <laughs> I enjoy the nonstop bantering, the nonstop reassurance. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> I know that, you know, on multiple occasions, 
after class, uh, an improv class or an improv show where there's like one thing I'm stewing over. <laughs> when you need reassurance the most. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, you know, my troop mates or classmates or whatever, they're like, wait, are you really focusing on that? Like, you know, you're extremely funny, right? I'm like, just fucking say it. <laughs> like, I'm like, just <laughs> let me hear it, you piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've said those things without really <laughs> knowing what I was saying. Like, I, I would just unironically be like, I'm a bottomless hole for this you know but like do your best to fill it you know what i i am i'm the same way but i also have the fun of like the added layer of um parental distrust because of all the lies Mm -hmm. um so it's like even when the person finally turns around and gives me the reassurance like oh i love you you're great or blah 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 i'm like you're lying yeah <laughs> this is all a cover story and one of these no days one we're, we're doing a full, love me. we have to do a full episode about what you're talking about because it deserves it's a full <laughs> several episodes let's be it's real just, there's no winning yeah <laughs> molly's molly's childhood and the parental deception layers i got nothing <laughs> when it comes to straight parents lying i got nothing compared to what molly brings to the table <laughs> if, if you're bored and you want to spoil the future episode just google molly Eckerling. have some fun with it i mean uh, it does yeah. add some spice to your dating your adult dating life where it's yeah. just like you know are you my dad no what are we gonna say that i was like that might be too disrespectful <laughs> um you know yeah. Someday I'll find him. <laughs> well, someday we'll all find him. <laughs> uh, just like we'll all meet my dad someday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. oh boy. Good times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But well, you know, you're out there. <laughs> I'm. I'm trying. Like you. I. I am trying. I absolutely. After having my taste of having this place, you know, I'm like, look. I, I want to do that. I want to move forward with hosting people and mm. maybe getting romantic people. I don't fucking know, but that would be a nice thing to do as well. I want to get a cheese plate from Pottery Barn. I want to be like a real adult. <laughs> Look, I want to speak charcuterie as a mother tongue. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I it's funny, though, because despite all that anxiety where I'm not anxious attachment style, and this could be that I have... Honestly, I don't know if you engage in this and you've been with Jason for a while, so I hope this isn't the case, but like you kind of like self-selected partners for, uh, or you selected partners for self-sabotage where like it was just so clearly not right. And then a part of your like brain is rebelling against that. And it's so you aren't (laughs) getting completely invested in things. And that's like, once I feel someone's like completely on board, I can sway avoidant, but I will, again, like freely admit, I don't know if I've ever really in 40 years entered into a partnership where like, even on the surface, things looked all that okay. Like I am the king of like, oh, he met this woman online, you know, like, and she lives eight states away type shit. Like that was a lot of my twenties. And yeah, you know, in my thirties, it's like, uh, so she smokes weed 10 times a day, does she? And is off her bipolar meds do go on, you know, like, I mean, you know, the weed probably helps with being off her bipolar meds. It I'm did. trying to be non-judgmental of this <laughs> hypothetical person that I really relate to for some reason. <laughs> I mean, she lived better moms as well. Um, you know, So I didn't feel judged about being at home because she was at home. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ah, that's rough. Yeah. You know, I am fascinating read, you know, from my experience, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it sucks because, you know, I, um, I feel like I don't have good judgment. I feel like I always seek the affection of people who don't treat me well, because I feel like that's what I deserve. And a lot of my, choices in life have been driven by low self-esteem where it's like well this is as good as I can get or this is what I deserve or like if I you know the OCD thing kicks in sometimes too where it's like well if I do this and and I think this thing is going to make me happy then maybe something horrible will happen 
Um, I may have mental disorders that are, I don't want to say they're going unaddressed because I know they're there. Well, have you ever done anything for the OCD? Like, weirdly enough, I battled that for a couple years as a kid. Really? Um, yeah, like, my mom is horrible OCD to this day, but mm. I had it, like, kind of at the onset of puberty. I was a massive hand washer. Mm. Like, to the point I was jerking it with Lysol so I wouldn't oh give my myself God. AIDS. <laughs> like, I wish I were kidding. Um, uh, it's okay. I've, I've wiped with Purell before. We've all done things <laughs> we're not proud of. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, for me, it was less of a cleanliness thing and more of a magical thinking thing, which was mm-hmm. only a term I sort of like learned a few years ago where it's like you think that if you do X, then Y, even though the two are completely unrelated. And this was something that my mom really has. I don't even know if she's ever addressed it. You know, she's very superstitious. Uh, she was dating a musician named Reeves Nevo when she was about to make that. <laughs> she was on the cusp of making fast times when she figures oh you know fuck it i'll just marry this guy because i got to advance my life somehow and then and then they got the green light for fast times. And then, you know, I think she knew that she didn't really love him. And, and then, but in her mind, she said that she thought that if she didn't marry him, then mm. they wouldn't make fast times. <laughs> Impossible to say whether or not she's right. Cause she married him and they did, but then like, you know, obviously they got divorced. Um, I, I love fast times. So I'm glad <laughs> she did that. <laughs> but I was but... like, did you even love him? And she's like, no. <laughs> Wow, how old was she for that one? She must have been like twenty-five. Ah, shit. Yeah, God. I mean, I can excuse that at that age. You're fucking nuts until you're like, I don't know. When do you think officially you're like adult, adult brain or close to it? Your adult brain, your your frontal cortex isn't even fully developed until you're twenty-five. Yeah, and not to mention hormones, which just completely mind fuck you in every conceivable way. So she might have been adult for like four weeks. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Still making. <laughs> but then again, like, I feel like those decisions just sort of carried through the like, you know, the magical thinking, the OCD thing. I don't know. She keeps garbage in the refrigerator sometimes. It's just like, you know, there's it's weird. God, it's I feel like we have the same mom, except <laughs> mine didn't direct great comedies like she's just a weirdo that drilled me on analogy tests see my so i feel like we sort of had like the opposite circumstances where it's like your parents were overachievers but they like they had these like really stable career choices where it's like my mom was an overachiever who was defying her accountant father who said that she had to be a secretary or she'd never amount to anything but then the problem with that is is that she atre- she achieves her dreams turns around and has a kid and says like just following your dreams and it's like that doesn't always work and also i'm an idiot and and like you know they say that hollywood is the only place where you could die of encouragement but my family is like that too so it's like you know maybe she should have encouraged me less um (laughs) (laughs) or in like more practical ways maybe like, yeah, because it's like whenever you sort of ask her for advice, it's sort of like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, you know, whatever you want. I and, always I always you know. wonder that, like, the people who quote-unquote, like, made it, mm-hmm. and it worked out for them, and it's just like, you do realize it doesn't for most of us, right? And, like, what you experience as a child, like, they're... You know, your mom is like, I don't know, marry a fucking weird name musician and then just direct like a beloved comedy. Like, well, I mean, what, you what's know, so fucking hard here? She's at least, like, aware that luck is a factor mm-hmm. and that um you know that things are different now too just like structurally with how much content there is and how the money's distributed and blah 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 um, i almost miss her era honestly like where you had to put in reps and really show a proficiency and there was like some amount of gatekeeping because it's like now you're just competing with people like filming themselves literally on the toilet and, like, we can all do this and upload it to YouTube. And people are like, yes, this is the same thing as CNN. I mean, you know? it was a bidet. It wasn't a toilet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I do art, okay? <laughs> I didn't even know that term. I just called it horseshoe <laughs> water fountains until last week. Okay? Yeah. 
I was squatting. <laughs> I was just sitting. <laughs> there was effort. Um, no, yeah, it's like it's like the Wild West, and everyone's just sort of like I don't know, creatively like I have all this passion. Oh fuck, why? You know, like yeah, uh, it, it, we've we've one eighty really hard. Where I feel like back in the day, it was look, you have to have just a ton of proficiency, and you need to have played the game, and I guess some cream would rise to the top, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's this hard 180 where everyone's just like, oh, I want to do this thing. I'm doing it. And there's literally millions of times the volume of content. And now it just kind of gets lost. And it's funny. I still don't think we really have like a great means of new proficient people getting found. Maybe Um... it's just me trying to shield my ego here. But like so many huge podcasts, it's either the topic itself is something that people will glom onto, like some sort of, you know, true crime stuff. Mm. Or it's, you know, it's Bill Burr, it's Joe Rogan. These aren't exactly like unknowns making themselves known via podcast. My God, I'm just describing me. <laughs> uh, you know, like it's it's odd to me in that sense. And it makes perfect sense that, that again, the market's flooded beyond belief. And so people are going to go for known quantities. But I, I don't know, uh, weird way it's almost like advancement is that much more difficult these days and you've encountered that fuck um it you're, you're I, like no i'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm sorry like, my ears were grinding for a second because there are a lot of um wheels turning and they they're not lubricated um so i, uh, <laughs> I like all the know, machine metaphors you got a, any more in there there's i feel like this is actually um sort of a symptom I mean, this might sound like old timey of me um, of maybe the fact that like we're more connected than we ever have been. And we're all able to create this content, which is amazing and have all these conversations, but maybe in a way, all of our voices are more or less conforming to each other's because we're online all the time and we're hearing everyone else's jokes and everyone else's content and everything. And we're trying to find a thing that we think everyone will like, or, you know, will relate to. So we're changing ourselves and our behavior a little bit and maybe developing less authentic voices because it's coming less from a quiet and personal space and more from just, uh, you know, this is what you all want, right? This is the thing. This is what I'm, you know, this is what's hot and how everyone's talking. And I don't know. It's, 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 <laughs> this isn't going to be a hilarious story. Um, it's, it's one of the parables of Kierkegaard. <laughs> I don't know. He was a real knee slapper. Yeah. I mean, That's you know, sickness unto death. Yeah. You know, the walking backwards bit killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, uh, uh, it was, it was a story called The Lonely Horse. And it's about this horse. That like went to a horse meeting, you know, thinking like for alcoholic horses, like... yeah, thinking that he'd connect to his fellow horses in a way or that they would mention his plight at the meeting and he would feel seen and heard. And, uh, you know, they only spoke of the plight of all horses. And, and while he left and he like he felt like he understood the plight of all horses more, but understood less about himself and he felt as though he had been excluded even though he too was present Hmm. and i was like oh okay it's a it's a story about a horse who's sad because he went to a meeting um but yeah that's that's all i got from that (laughs) but like in a way like maybe maybe being in the soup you know you said the cream always rises to the top it's like maybe we all feel like we're drowning in cream a little bit and um and, you know, we feel like we're, we're trying to connect more to other people. And, and in the midst of doing that, we're actually understanding less and less about ourselves. And how can you make anything that's going to really hit or be authentic or stand out amongst everything else if you don't understand yourself? Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. And I will say that I have tried to do various online things for well over a decade at mm-hmm. this point, be it writing the podcast. some dabbling in videos and by far the most i have been fulfilled in terms of like some deeper spiritual need is just like the community that i have found doing 
local comedy, be it, you know, stand up or improv, you know, mostly improv, Mm -hmm. but just seeing the same faces, making each other laugh. Like there's something so much more, I, I like there's a deeper bond forged through that and it makes me not a sad horse (laughs) whereas and and yeah it's completely I I guess what you're it's not speaking to this kind of like national or even international like this is all what you want to hear it's like no this is like what works in my little fucking burg you know my my little area but I guess that's a part of what I'm saying I don't know fuck no Um, yeah I'm just thinking this goddamn sad horse it ruined (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, the, didn't. he didn't like the sad horse story okay he didn't do I'll, anything I'll to anyone set. um but yeah I mean I just um I, I it feels weird it's like you know because my mom is the first person to acknowledge that like you know she she's like you know what I did I don't know if I could have done it today so at least that's nice because there are some successful people who have that real like pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality even though yes. the whole bootstraps analogy <clears throat> was supposed to be an ironic one yeah about how it doesn't work yeah it's sort of like when bloomberg like posted that article about like why child labor isn't so bad and it's like you know jonathan swift was like a satirist right like (laughs) yeah he he wasn't making an actual case for this shit right um well that's awesome yeah i wasn't saying this to him (laughs) (laughs) molly trust me no she seems yeah how dare you impugn (laughs) yes very very wise she is uh, a humble former barmaid and you will treat her with some respect <laughs> uh yeah it's i don't it's just odd i feel how we are all being forced to kind of be our own everything we are our own marketing department we are our own creatives uh, and we are our casting directors if you want to get anything done mm-hmm. and I think I'm my I'm... own fluffer, my own <laughs> caterer, my my own gaffer. Yeah, no, I'm not my own gaffer. No, you gotta I... get a gaffer. <laughs> Look, I definitely do catering and fluffing. It's why my genitals have tasted like salami for the past twelve years. <laughs> It's a charcuterie platter. <laughs> yeah, look, it's just it's nitrates and cheddar. How do you pronounce it? Charcuterie. <laughs> I believe. God, I'm saying that from such a position of authority. I believe it's that because I was debating whether or not to procure some when I was hosting my friends a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? And the the overall agreement was not needed. And instead, I bought a 50 count of pizza rolls and baked oh, those. And you know what? Just as big a hit. Just nice. as big a hit. You're like, look, they're both pepperoni, basically. I mean, they really are. Come on. You're, I'm saving you the time of yeah. taking the cheese and wrapping it around the meat and putting it on the cracker. All three. And it's yeah. hot. You didn't really need those fucking Greek olives anyway. Fuck yeah, that. exactly. And I'm actually throttling you from being quite, a, you know, quite the fat lard you want to be because they're all molten hot, and you can pop one in your mouth and do that <gasps> kind of thing, and it'll it'll pace you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when they put the restrictor plates on in NASCAR, you can only go at a certain speed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Clockwork orange. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Pizza roll. You can only get so close to the tits before you shudder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay. Diversion therapy. So that's, wait, maybe that would be a good one for, um, you know, emotionally or attached, anxious people is aversion Pizza therapy. Rolls. Uh. <laughs> Pizza rolls and aversion therapy. <laughs> Anytime someone avoids you, something adverse happens to you. <laughs> if you notice that was the therapy i gave myself bad things happened and i eat crap food and resulted in me cracking 270 at one point so yeah Uh, okay so it worked yeah exactly yeah and and fewer and fewer people wanted to be around me and yeah it it solved itself honestly so you should write a book (laughs) the fat ass files yeah um what you got cooking for the rest of the you know christmas and all that stuff i know we'll record again fingers crossed before new year's but like what are you guys up to for christmas 
Well, I'm trying to compensate for a global pandemic by mm-hmm. cooking Christmas dinner for my Shiksa husband and half Shiksa daughters. There you go. Um, so I'm going to make a pot roast and some vegetables and I got us a little tree and we're doing it very small this year. Nice. Um, so it'll be good. And, you know, I'll try to get my mother to eat something and she won't eat anything and my grandma will... I don't know, say something, I'm sure. <laughs> Your grandma will just threaten to die if something goes wrong. She's like, you want me to do it? Because I'll do it. She'll do the airing of grievances is what she's going to do. <laughs> Festivus she's going to just yeah. sit there and go, you didn't marry well. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like this. I'm worried. <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what do you want to do that for? It doesn't really matter what you say to her. It's just the same grab bag of responses. Oh God! And you know what? It's so I haven't thought of my grandma in like forever because I pretty much I had one mm-hmm. that I knew because my dad's parents were in the old country, and I think his dad was dead. I think both the grandpas were dead. Okay. By the time I came along, I know my mom's dad was. Why am I laughing as I say I'm this? Sorry. My mom's dad was murdered <laughs> a couple of years before I was born, and my dad's dad, I think just croaked of old age did you say murdered he was murdered yeah by who like a murderer oh that clears it up (laughs) (laughs) i don't know he was mugged in downtown frederick maryland i forget the guy's name but he was mugged and he kind of recovered from his injuries but ultimately had some sort of a horrible death ultimately had some sort of intestinal gangrene to the point that like his intestines just kind of like melted out like fucking you know return of the living dead trioxin ah. style yeah like um and just kind of you know it, it all festered in there and then he just died sounds like the virus from um what's that what's that movie where rose mcgowan had the machine gun leg oh shit yes planet terror planet yeah 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 um oh, i'm sorry was... about your grandfather's gangrenous yeah intestines <laughs> and that's what christmas means to me <laughs> no but the the one grandma i had left like mm-hmm. she just my mom is just aged into her minus the the non-stop consumption of pepsi my grandma was very pepsi loyal <laughs> and drank it non-stop and then just shopped on qvc 24 7 Aww. And I actually would cook Greek food as well. And my mom doesn't do that either. So my mom has picked up the worst of the three traits that yeah. characterize my grandma. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my mom is like doing everything she can do to not turn into my grandma. So she's turning into my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and my uncle is turning into my grandma. <laughs> which is like very i mean i don't want to say it was it was kind of unexpected i don't know um and uh my grandpa was like always angry like he was just one of those guys where it's like you know if he would just the most dumbass shit is the shit that he and my grandma would scream at each other about like george costanza's parents Mm -hmm. um but he like my grandma was afraid of everything and my grandpa hated everything so my mom used to call them fear and loathing (laughs) Um, and then when he died, it was like this huge revelation for my grandmother that, you know, oh, I don't have to hate everyone he hated. I can hate whoever I want. <laughs> I like that she didn't go in the love direction. It's no. like, I can choose my own hatred. Thank We're hackerlings. We hate. Um, and we hate less, but we don't love. Um <laughs> <laughs> but what she did do was she t- she like plastered the wall next to her breakfast table with all the pictures of actors that she has crushes on. So it's like Javier Bardem and Benedict Cumberbatch. Like she totally turned back into the like teenage girl. I was gonna with, say, like... what is this Tiger Beat? Like yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so that was fun for her. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um. Wait, yeah. so that's that's Gam Gam Heckerling, or that's that's your mom is that's, doing the that's no no that's that's grandma. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so my is... my relatives live forever. When you're like all my my grandparents are dead, and it's like my oh, yeah. relatives don't fucking die. Um, they just make you wish that <coughs> you were. 
That's a good. Um, yeah, they suck the life force out of you. It sounds <laughs> like some sort of reverse cocoon. It's, it's weird because it's like you want to say it's like a feedback loop where it like feeds on itself, but also drains itself at the same time. It's very confusing from an engineering standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that meme with all the guys in a circle and they each have the cock in the ass, of the guy in front of them. It's that. It's an emotional human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh shit hey, Jason's yeah. a lucky man he is yeah <laughs> <laughs> he is the lucky Pierre if you will <laughs> uh, anyway what are your plans for Christmas oh uh, god let me see We're we've taken the cooking out of my mom's hands for both Christmas and Thanksgiving for a while now. So mm-hmm. I think we're getting the Bob Evans, like heat, and, heat and eat mm-hmm. thing. Um, I might've asked for like a target gift card. Cause I was like, well, <laughs> shit, I can use that. You know, someone's and... got a high opinion of himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like how I good have... were you this year? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I need to buy my Astro Glide and my fashions <laughs> in my same place. Uh, I yeah, I I'll probably sit around with the the fam because of the whole quarantine thing, man. Like with the the Omicron, I mean, it was like that. It's so turned on a dime in the past, like seventy two hours around here. Mm-hmm. Like Friday night, I had my little improv show mm-hmm. with the uh, the the group of my classmates and stuff. It was our first kind of like page. Well, (laughs) the theater got paid, not us. Mm -hmm. And it was like this lovely button on 2021. You know, we all like were like cuddled up and drinking and everyone's just like, you know, it's like, we're all this big, like extended family of misfits and shit. Looking into each other's eyes and giving each other back rubs. Yeah. Giving each other COVID (laughs) apparently. Doing trust falls. Yeah, and we were trying to reenact the whole, uh, you know, just put your cock in the ass of the guy in front of you circle thing. <laughs> Some of us did their best with their... <laughs> with what God has given them. Yeah, but, you know, there it was, it was a cock penetrating me from behind in spirit, okay? And, yeah, it was it was so fun. And then I had what was supposed to be a show, actually, a, a twofer with uh, Michael Johnson, whom you maybe have done an episode with before, but he was, a, he's done a lot of co-hosting on the show and he'll be back sooner than later. Okay. And my old uh, improv teacher, Sean Westfall, like we mm. had, uh, we were supposed to do a show ironically, like kind of out toward where my mom lives. I'm like, okay, that's convenient as hell. Let's do it. And in that, like uh, five, six days. So last Friday to this Thursday, it's like, okay, I appear symptomatic, so I would kind of feel like an asshole performing with these people. Mm. Because, like, literally when you and I finish this episode, I'm driving to take a COVID test. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot tell you how many people from my class that I actually skipped this Tuesday, because I wasn't feeling hot, are yeah. now emailing us to say they have COVID, but Ooh. my teacher did. Oh. The teacher of the class has COVID. Oh. Literally, the whole reason, not the entire class has COVID from that, by the way, DC put in a mask mandate 6 a.m. that day and 7 p.m. that day was that class. Jeez. And had it not been for that fucking mask mandate, they would all have goddamn COVID right now. Yeah. This and- masks are good and people are assholes when they say they don't do anything yeah oh yeah and you gotta be already be vaxxed up to take that fucking class but it doesn't yeah like apparently you're still passing it around like a fucking hot cake and also let's be real like when you're around other vax people and shit then you're like yeah we're invincible you know (laughs) right everyone takes their masks off and they're like okay i'm vaccinated and like you know yeah exactly Uh, so we're we're what you do we're full of shit all of us to some degree yeah Uh, i know yeah so long story short i didn't have to like have a, a eternal internal debate going on because the show got canceled last night because half of the staff at the fucking bar tested uh, positive and they're uh, like oh cool we just can't have it so at least i had that really fun nice show last weekend because yeah it seems like we're i don't know molly the more that <laughs> this is all shutting down again like the more clearly i hear the animal crossing music in my head it's <laughs> fucking i'm going to some dark places man oh 
well don't go to the don't go to the dark side completely um you know just go to the grayish side with the perpetual drinking and smoking and we'll muddle through somehow uh, um okay but uh you know yeah it sucks i i had a show that i did what was it like a week or so ago before before everything got really insane yes. i did a show and i was supposed to do one on the 20th and i backed out and and uh you know, I think the booker was a little annoyed at me, you know, because I probably like should have done it sooner. I gave him like, you know, 24 hours notice. Oh, yes. Where will um, a booker ever find a stand up in New York? I know, right? Fan yeah, self. it's not like the streets are littered with them or anything. Yeah, um, so, it's not like you're a fucking surgeon who's like, you know what? I can't come into work tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also <laughs> like it's, it's just like, every gig in New York is an unpaid gig. So it's like, you know, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry that I'm... So suck my dick at the end of the um, day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, he's a nice guy, but it's all, it's just like, you know, yeah, I don't understand you know if anyone's like still going out and doing shows right now it's like maybe just um pause it again it sucks that you know we have to do this again it fucking blows we're all going crazy we're all going fucking crazy but at least we're doing it collectively as a species before it all just goes so it's fine um you know i i sometimes think like you know what if the world was ending um like for real or we you know had some collective um you know cognizance of it and then i just yeah, i get pre- I, I was I, gonna say like we're we're mostly there are you talking like asteroid well, in the sky bruce willis in a shuttle level ending i don't or? know i mean it's sort of like that episode of rick and morty where they go to all the planets that are about to be destroyed just to have like a big last fling but uh, the one thing that struck me was how annoying everyone's posts would be oh, um that was just the one thing that like seemed to leap to mind at the forefront was just like <laughs> man people are gonna be so annoying um, Look, uh, I know this is happening to literally everyone else, but there's something unique about my trauma in this situation. No, but it's going to be like, celebrate. a lot of people are going to be annoyingly celebratory and being like, oh, it's nice knowing you, humanity. I loved you all so much. Thank you to Heather for always holding my hair back and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just the long, lengthy posts, you know, selfies. Um, you know, big like I'm dying my best life sort of shit that I hate. <laughs> like if they get enough <laughs> likes, somehow they'll be spared. I don't know. Like maybe it's gonna make a. <laughs> you know, I I I'm guilty of this delusion that maybe if I do something, it'll leave a mark of my existence, even though it's all pointless. Like, and I know that's obnoxious. I'm not looking for any sort of like grandiose validation. Part of it is just me being compulsive and bored. But like, I get that everyone wants to exist it just seems silly that like we all somehow have been duped into thinking that like our smudge on social media in a digital landscape is going to be the thing that like you know i don't know saves us somehow <laughs> thank goodness i'll leave my out daughters of, yeah out of all the like, things we could be doing to leave a permanent mark and we're just like right. farting into the flirtiest of winds yeah. already thank god nasa developed this technology so i could leave my daughters this legacy of shitty tweets <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like now I have to write it into my will that someone has to delete my Twitter after I'm dead to spare me the embarrassment. Delete the entire, yeah, the Twitter <laughs> yeah. roll. And then they're just going through and they're like, what is follow Friday? Like, yeah. none of these links work. This sucks. <laughs> like, my mom didn't even know any of these people. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm going to have to give them all my passwords and tell them not to, like, look at my, you know, delete everything, but don't look at it either. <laughs> like, yeah. God damn it. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yeah well that's christmas i guess yeah so this is christmas cool well you know what heckerling uh i thank you for giving me the the present of your presence as it oh please don't Um, mention it you can't you can't return it at this point there are no refunds no we're we're stuck this is this is just the new partnership it's we were we were gonna have on eva too by the way to talk about motherhood she's mm-hmm. dying to talk about motherhood with oh, you. really but she's like i can kind of only do it late night right now and i'm like well i got molly books but uh you know what uh i'll make it happen for you out of loyalty you get that one that one recording with heckerling and then, oh. then we're on to the next good thing <laughs> poor eva i get yeah. it we'll, we'll share war stories and you know do a shot together over zoom or something yeah that's uh i'd be hilarious because she's in recovery so if you could get her to do that i'd die laughing <laughs> like if you were just a little push that put her over the edge 
if I was the push. Yeah. <laughs> was just like, she wasn't going to snap. And then she talked to me and then just murdered her whole family. <laughs> like, yeah, she she is tiny Zeus Lister on the prison boat in Dark Knight. Oh, my God. And you, <laughs> just, <laughs> and you are the one trying to push him over the edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'll push. I'll push a bitch. You do it. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> uh, well, give my best to the whole family. Is Jason's Dungeons and Dragons thing that he so kindly invited me to still going on? Or... It is still going on, and he's mad at. No, he's not mad at. Me. <laughs> I the the concentration that those <laughs> men possess. I have nothing. When he explained that that was going to be like fifteen weeks long from like. <laughs> 8 p.m. till midnight via Zoom. I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and then, like, I'm like, I did one week of it. And it was like, he was not kidding. Yeah. Like, I, do you, have you ever found anything you want to do for four hours? I can't even do like porn or Netflix for four <laughs> hours, much less like something that demands rigorous concentration. I can't even stay vertical for four hours. <laughs> like, yeah, I have to beach myself like a whale. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how they do it either. But I mean, they seem like they're having fun. They loved it. You know, they absolutely like by the 30 minute mark, I thought my eyes were going to explode as a defense (laughs) mechanism. I like it. It's a different wiring. It's a a completely different psychological wiring that I I lack on even the most fundamental levels. But hey, good for them. Right. I admire it. Uh, Yeah, I don't have it, but I admire it. Oh, God. Well, uh, we will do this again next week, post-Christmas, uh, pre-New Year. Yeah. We'll, okay. we'll discuss our, our resolutions that will go oh, unfollowed God. through. Or oh, God. I, I will say this. If I'm not out of here by, like, I don't know, St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. I'm, setting, I'm setting a pretty, pretty, you know, not too far in the future goal. Shut up, Roxy. <laughs> um, you know what? I need you to put me down, like your grandma threatens to every so Aww. often like just just do it i'm just because otherwise it's going to be this just put you down and bury you with the cats yeah <laughs> otherwise this is my life come on roxy be speak up damn it well i'll i'll leave you to roxy oh, Sounds like you guys have a hot night don't we, we, <laughs> i have a lot of explaining to do why i just <laughs> stranded her for the last 70 minutes and now you're leaving her again to go get a nose test and be, oh, get God. your snuzzy jollies on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that fetish of ours. The, mm-hmm. the Q-tip in the nostril snuzzing. Yeah. Oh, God. You're going to go right. snuzz with your improv trip. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Oh, it's it's your show too now, damn it. You don't have to thank me for shit other than sending the anchor link. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay, All right. enjoy your holiday. You too, Hackerling. Bye. Bye.